Peace and blessings, y'all. Peace and blessings, family. In this case of the con, the curse, and the creed, part two, I wanted to re-examine the story of Shoshana that we had brought in the last episode. And I also wanted to delve into Daniel's personal dealings with regard to the con, the curse, and the creed. Okay? Um, Meanwhile, while also doing this, just to let you know, it's almost like, you know, you never really introduce a mission, but you are here performing what you pray and trust to be a righteous ministry that somebody's life will be changed because of it. But this came to me only because some sisters and I, August Dream and uh, Eve ate the fruit of lies. Eve asked a question as it pertained to one of the most recent um, discussions, Cynthia G and Dr. Umar Johnson were having on Fox Soul. And the question was, what is the solution? So hopefully, whenever we're bringing you something, we have a solution of sorts or either, as in the book of 1984, we're providing you with a new speak. And I don't even think I should call it a new speak as much as I should refer to it as a return to the old way of thinking when we're providing you this information, just reintroducing the ways that we once thought and should have thought as it pertains to our walk in this truth. So we're going to go ahead and get into this. So alrighty, y'all, let's do this. I am the Oracle 007 and yes, I do approve this message. Therefore, I'd like to ask you to like, comment, and subscribe to our channel that is dedicated to the truth. So, okay, y'all, come on, let's get into this. Copyright Disclaimer under Section 107 of the Copyright Act 1976. Copyright Disclaimer under Section 107 of the Copyright Act 1976. Allowance is made for fair use for purposes such as criticism, comment, news reporting, teaching, scholarship, and research. Fair use is a use permitted by copyright statute that might otherwise be infringing. Nonprofit, educational, or personal use tips the balance in favor of fair use. All right, family. Now, before we go into this episode, I'd like to announce some lighthouse keeping. I'm including some YouTube video pick recommendations that I've personally found to be very interesting, and I believe that you will too. Now, additionally, I've also included some educational references to help build our collection. They are often available in news stories, documentaries, hardbacks, or audiobooks that I absolutely love where you can listen while you work. And I believe that these things will continue to pique your interest. Now, let's be very honest yet mindful in the comment section, especially due to the fact that channels are being monitored. Unless I tell you your comment was crass and that it's going to be removed, more than likely, 
YouTube is removing it. And additionally, information shared here can also be found on the I Am The Oracle 007 podcast on Spotify and Odyssey through Linktree, which provides access to most of our Avenue connections on social media. So let's get started, shall we? Alrighty, y'all. YouTube recommendations for this episode are as follows. K Judah Show, C-U-C Folk. Who is this that cometh from Edom with dyed garments? I am going to do my best to place these items in the description box. You should have them for immediate and easy access. This was a wonderful, edifying message. I implore you all, as I always do in these cases, to please, by all means, pull this up, listen to it, edify, enlighten, and educate yourself with the truth of the scriptures, okay? Also, this one, online ministry church, Watchman reports, principalities that govern groups of people, this was also wonderful. So this was the Watchman Reports. They did some very good information, some relatable stories that we could understand. Listen, you all, please take a listen into this. <clears throat> also, um, I don't even know what to say about this. <clears throat> Excuse me. This was for our people's edification. And it was a message initially from Elder Kornath to Elder Yehuda Isaiah. Um, previously, Elder Yehuda Isaiah, I believe, had made an announcement concerning his associations, and then Elder Kornath was responding back to that uh, with his displeasure. But somewhere, our brother K. Judah decided after he saw Cosmin Cow on here promoting this foolishness of the Owaspe, and that is spelled O-A-H-S-P-E, the Owaspe Bible that they call the American Bible, as this man is telling the Israelites, the people of Yah, that this book is for them, but don't be racist and don't be, because Yah doesn't have a chosen people it was so much mishmash. At at fifty five minutes, our brother comes on the scene. I'm telling you, this is worth your listen. Unfortunately, it was about three to four hours of this, and it just went completely left off of whatever Elder Quinault had initially assigned it to be, and went here. You all, it's worth your listen. I do not recommend this book. It is a doctrine of demons if you ask me, okay? Do your research in the background. Um, this was some dentist in 1880 that decided to recreate this and tell us that this is our book. So our people thought that this was a good idea in some cases to turn away from the Torah and the Apocrypha and turn to this. Absolutely not. Let us not do that. And let's Keep in mind, Deuteronomy 13.6. Let's go there. Be mindful. Do not introduce this stuff to your brethren, but for you all, for your own sakes, in your sound doctrine with our scriptures, just do some research in case anybody ever tries to bring that to you. But it was utter shenanigans. Uh, no one was able to prove this book and why it was for us. All right. Finally, 
as it pertains to educational and entertainment references, I want to introduce to you the subjects of desire. Okay. You can read a little bit about it on subjectsofdesire.com. This was directed by Ms. Jennifer Holness, who assisted in bringing this research to light. This film looks like it's been recognized at many film festivals. I also would like to offer some special appreciation to our brother, rest in power, Sir Malcolm X, who was most disrespectful to the non-black society. I love it. And most respectful of not only our people and his wholeness of heart toward us, but especially our women. I will bless that brother. I will bless him. I will bless him. I will bless him and his offspring with my mouth. Okay. Uh, Sir J. Morris Anderson. <clears throat> Peace and blessings and power be unto this brother. He's the author of a business book, Seeds of Positivity, who during the 1960s was raising black daughters and created and I'm going to say that again, created the Miss Black America pageant, showcasing our intelligence, our beauty, our talent, our fantastic melanin, and our fantastically beautiful hair. Okay. All of that. Love it. Now, I do want to let you know, Subjects of Desire explores the cultural shift in North American beauty standards. Uh, finally, kind of, you see where they're embracing black female aesthetics. Unfortunately, uh, we also begin to see where they're more preferred on white women for whatever reason, we don't know. Uh, we don't understand that. Make us understand, paint the picture, you know, do what you do. But I'm certain we will not understand that because it all looks fabulous on us. Now, while exposing the deliberate and often dangerous portrayals of black women in the media, we begin to see where these tropes came from, from slavery up until now, characterizing us as sapphires, mammies, and Jezebels. This should not be done. And it's sad to say that I'm seeing a lot of so-called brothers actually doing that too and some sisters as well. So just as the Yehudai got with the Canaanite and how they had done in the story of Shoshana previously with no care or thought for her or her family, we are also seeing that this story is still continuing. Alrighty then, let's get into this. You know, I have to tell you all, after the last episode, so many things disturbed me about that story of Shoshana. You know, I thought about how these men, these elders, whose positions and age gave them an advantage, how they, per the scripture said in verse nine, they perverted their own minds so that they would not remember just judgment. Isn't that something? They perverted their own minds. That means that was a clear decision because it says thereafter so that they would not remember just judgment. How terrifying is that? And how 
serious is it to the point that that could happen to every one of us? But why would we do that? You know, why would you pervert your own mind so that you would not on purpose remember just judgment? I just, they took no thought to everything that this woman was going through for the lies that they told on her. And it was okay. They were elders. One of Yehudai apparently and the other one a Canaanite. And so they could just pretty much, hey, I'm going to do whatever I want to do. Because I can, I hold the power within me. Isn't that something? How do you sit here and do it on purpose so that you don't remember just judgment? I just, um, I can't, I can't. And I I had to go from there to verse 30. These were the items that stuck out to me so much with how they watched her come in with all of the people that support her, her parents, her, her children, her family, you know, her friends, how they watched her crying. I'm sure her man was over there feeling for her as well. Okay. Watching her cry that this is her life because they didn't get what they wanted out of her. So it's okay. We can falsely accuse her. And even in then remember now, In verse nine, they perverted their own minds so that they would not remember just judgment. And then they turned around in verse 30 and they had the audacity to uncover her. Lying on her. Knowing they were condemning her to death. And even in that moment, still being lustful to just look upon her and her beauty because she was completely covered and they uncovered her. How hideous. How evil. This took me to the part where where in the book of Tobit, you know, chapter 4 and 11, where Tobit is explaining to his son how alms, giving alms is good unto all that give in the sight of El Elyon. But even more so in verse 12, he says, beware of all whoredom, my son, and chiefly take a woman of the seed of your own father and not a strange woman to be your woman, which is not of your father's tribe. But the thing that I want to concentrate on here is where he says, beware of all whoredom, my son. Beware of it. He's letting him know like this is going to be the offset of everything. Because when you go down a little further in verse 13, where he's telling him to love his brethren and stuff, not taking a woman woman from anywhere else. And then he says how beware of all whoredom. Let's go from there. But then let's go down here in 13 where it says for in pride is destruction and much trouble and in lewdness is decay and great want for lewdness is the mother of famine. 
But again, verse 12, beware of all whoredom, my son, because this is kind of what's happening here and it's causing lewdness. This, this is amazing that they would sit here and do this. They're seeing this. They demand, knowing that they have falsely accused this woman that she be uncovered. And they lied on her, knowing her, knowing that they were condemning her in that moment to death, seeing her crying. They believed in verse 41 that their, that their positions as elders and their age as ancients. Can you imagine? Like your, your name ain't even grandma no more. They call you the ancient. That just sounds, something about that just sounds like you would want to be holy and righteous, but apparently not. And we see in verse 45 where she's being led to her death. And how it was the voice of one youth, Daniel, that was raised up to intercede on her behalf. What I thought was amazing in that moment was like I had seen with my brother K. Judah so many times on this occasion where nobody called him a simp. Nobody, like I had witnessed with the seed of Israel in Northgate, had gone on and, and pulled up silly pictures where they tried to make him look like this was an effeminate male. You see what I'm saying? Nobody in that moment called Daniel a simp when he said he was going to have nothing to do with the blood of this woman. Why was it easier to lustfully pine after an equally attempt to psychologically disparage and discredit this daughter of Zion? I mean, even now you're doing that, talking about us amongst the nations, giving us names like chicken heads, hair-hatted hooligans, harlots, jumbo Jezebels, to be even called a Jezebel. Just as I discussed previously and in the information that I provided in the movie that I was telling you all to look at with how those tropes actually came about, you will be amazed. And all of this was so that men of other nations could consider us as whenever we were attacked or subdued sexually so that they could do that. They had to make us look like, hey, these women are a bunch of Jezebels. And it's amazing, again, as I go in here and I see and hear so-called brothers in this faith doing it, okay? How they're calling us jumbo Jezebels, uh, saying that we have used vajayjays with no worth. And by all accounts, these are our tribes, our brothers that as you see here in Daniel, they once defended us. That I see in my brother, K. Judah, who defends us. And I've seen that with Moshe, Ben Yehuda Yisrael as well, okay? And at this point, we cannot say because it's a modern woman that the situation has changed, whatever that is. I keep hearing this modern woman thing, so I'm just gonna take it as this is not an ancient woman. Anyway, I don't wanna get off course, but why? Why is this happening when the scriptures are saying there's nothing new under the sun? The scripture shows in all accounts in Shoshana what happened to an innocent woman. 
Okay. And what I realized even at that point was, you notice, even in the book of Jasher, this did not happen. The most high did not do this. The most high stood up for his people to defend his daughter in Jasher 19, 44. Okay, so let me search for that one right now. Because I know a lot of the things that people like to take from the story of Sodom and Gomorrah. And here it is pronounced Sodom and Amora is always concerning the non-productive or uh, the crazy sexual bias that was going on there. But there was so much more. There was such a corrupt government that was happening there. And would you believe, especially in this case, it was all about not wanting to help people. So they did not call Daniel a simp. They didn't call him effeminate when he stood up for a righteous daughter of Yasharel. And so here, let's go into Jasher 19, verse 24. And at that time, the woman of Lot bore him a daughter. This is Lot's child. And he called her name Paltith saying, because Elohim had delivered him and his whole household from the kings of Eliam and Paltith, daughter of Lot, grew up. And one of the men of Sedom took her for a woman. Okay. Verse 25. And a poor man came unto the city to seek maintenance, and he remained in the city some days. And all of the people of Sedom or Sodom, caused a proclamation of their custom. This is their foolish government. Listen to this, okay? Not to give this man a morsel of bread to eat until he dropped dead upon the earth, and they did so. What kind of foolishness is this? Don't give him anything to eat. And they had a habit that they would shower you with riches and all kinds of wonderful stuff and not feed you. Or, you know, if they fed you, they, they had stuff you couldn't buy and you were stuck in this place. This is their government. Okay. That story was not just strictly about their sexual proclivities. Let's get that straight. Okay, they had a corrupt government like I don't even want to say like none other because we, we see some stuff going on around here. So let's get back to Paltith. This is the daughter of Lot. Paltith, the daughter of Lot, saw this man lying in the streets, starved with hunger, and no one would give him anything to keep him alive. And he was just upon the point of death. And her soul was filled with pity on account of this man. And she fed him secretly with bread for many days. And the soul of this man was revived. For when she went forth to fetch water, she would put the bread in the water pitcher. And then she came to the place where the poor man was. 
And she took the bread from the pitcher and gave it to him to eat. What a precious, precious woman. So did this. So she did this many days. Verse 29. And all the people of Sodom and Gomorrah wondered how is this man bearing starvation for so many days? And they said to each other, this can only be that he eats and drinks for no man can bear starvation for so many days or live as this man has without even his countenance changing. And the three men concealed themselves. Three men, like, like three men upset. This dude is not dead due to hunger, so they can't take his stuff. Okay? What are we doing here? Okay? And the three men concealed themselves in a place where the poor man was stationed to know who it was that brought him bread to eat. And Palteth, daughter of Lot, went forth that day to fetch water, and she put bread into her pitcher of water and she went to draw water by the poor man's place and she took out the bread from the pitcher and gave it to the poor man and he ate it and the three men saw what Palteth did to the poor man and they said to her it is you then who has supported him and therefore he has not starved nor changed in appearance nor died like the rest and the three men went out of the place in which they had were concealed, and they seized Palteth and the bread which was in the poor man's hand, and they took Palteth and brought her before their judges. Now, when did this happen? Day, night? You know, it, it seems like she's doing this kind of thing under the cover of darkness, and, and they had judges immediately available. Can't get them to sign off on a correct warrant or anything as it pertains to uh, Brianna Taylor. Can't get them to not do that knowing that there's foolishness, but here, hey, they are available at all times for the foolishness. Ugh. They took Palthus, brought her before their judges. They said to them, thus did she, and it is she who supplied the poor man with the bread. Therefore, he did not die all this time now therefore declare to us the punishment due to this woman for having transgressed our law this foolery this tom foolery that we are talking about was their law y'all okay and the people of sodom and Gomorrah assembled kindled a fire in the street of the city took the woman cast her into the fire and she was burned to ashes. Let's think about this for a second, okay? Okay, so we had a moment to think about that. But it doesn't end there with the daughter of Lot. Listen to this where it says, and in the day of Adma, there was a woman to whom they did the like. So they're saying there was a woman to who they did the same thing to. Okay. 
For a traveler came into the city of Adma to abide there all night with the intention of going home in the morning. And he sat opposite the door of the house of the young woman's father to remain there. As the sun had set when he had reached the place, the young woman saw him sitting there by the door of the house. And he asked her for a drink of water. And she said to him, who are you? And he said to her, I was this day going on the road and reached here when the sun set, so I will abide here all night. And in the morning, I'll arise early and continue on my journey. The young woman went into the house and fetched the man bread and water to eat and drink. And this affair became known to the people of Adma, and they assembled and brought the young woman before the judges that they should judge her for this act. Listen, this was a criminal syndicate, okay? What did she do wrong? We revisited. He asked her for a drink of water. She asked him, who was he? This is verse 38. He said he was going to stay there all night because when he reached the place, it was sundown. Now... The young woman goes into the house, fetch the man some bread and water, common courtesy, common courtesy to eat and drink. And this affair became known to the people of Adma. This is why I keep telling you all, this was like some kind of dirty government that they had. These people were insane. They talked about how when you walked into the city, you know what they used to do, like if there was a bed that was too long and the man was short they would pull him from one end to another you know how they did our forefathers with the horse like splitting them in half but instead they would stretch him out to make him fit the bed and they said that's these were beds that were erected in the street child beds that were erected in the street this is some kind of dirty criminal syndicate this is what we are dealing with here. This went beyond the fact that, you know, there was no production that was going on. This was an unproductive city of foolishness in addition to what was going on sexually. Okay. This affair became known to the people of Adma. They assembled, listen, brought the young woman before the judges that they should judge her for this act. And the judge said, the judgment of death must pass upon this woman because she transgressed our law. Do not take care of the stranger. See how that's their law? But that's not our law. See that? And this, therefore, is the decision concerning her. And the people of those cities assembled and brought out the young woman, anointing her with honey from head to foot, as the judge had decreed, and they placed her before a swarm of bees. Woo! Listen, y'all. Listen. You hear this foolishness? They placed her before a swarm of bees, which were then in their hives. They went and literally got 
a beehive. Okay, the bees flew upon her and stung her that her whole body was swelled. And the young woman cried out on account of the bees, but no one took notice of her or pitied her. What kind of mess is this? Do you see how I'm making the correlation of what's going on today when the sisters, when the daughters of Zion are here being referred to as Jumbo Jezebels and, and uh, all kinds of other stuff being called out of your name, okay? What you are doing <clears throat> and allowing this is just as dangerous. The young woman cried out on account of the bees, but no one took notice of her or pitied her. They didn't even pity her. I, I mean, can you imagine walking around in a place like this? Because that's what it seems like a lot of us are doing today, walking around in a place like this. And it said right here in the final sentence of verse 43, after the young woman cried on account, nobody took notice or pitied her. It said her cries ascended to heaven. And number 44. And I enter unto you the following admission. Verse 44. And Yahuwah was provoked at this and at all the works of the city of Sodom. For they had an abundance of food. They had tranquility amongst them and they still would not sustain the poor and the needy. And in those days, their evil doings and sins became great before Yahuwah. I'm going to read that again. Let's start at 43, the very end where it says, no one took notice of her or pitied her when people are talking about the women in the street like this, like you ain't nobody. And her cries ascended to heaven. Listen, sisters, listen, daughters of Zion, listen, Shebrews. That's right. You want to know where you find that in the scripture? Right next to brew right next to Khan. That's where you find that at. Okay. So don't ask me where you find that at. If you do, I'm going to tell you it's right next to Bruce. It's right next to Khan. It's right next to Salakia. Since y'all found those, find that there too. Okay. And the young woman cried on an account of the bees, but no one took notice of her or pitied her and her cries ascended to heaven. And Yahuwah was provoked at this. Yahweh, Yahuwah, our Elohim, the Most High, he was provoked at that young woman's cry and at all the works of the city, all of their works, because as I said, this is a criminal syndicate, okay, doing this foolishness. They had a whole bunch of foolishness. Go read it. These people were beyond insane and it was beyond the bedroom, okay? There was more at work here, completely unproductive. 
They had an abundance of food. They had tranquility amongst them and still would not sustain the poor and the needy. In those days, their evil doings and sins became great before Yahuwah. Yahweh sent for two of the angels that had come to Abraham's house to destroy Sodom and its cities. Hallelujah. You see what I'm saying? You you can't just sit here and call the defenders of the women simps. You can't do that. You you can't call them the effeminate male. No, that's not what they are. They are being who they should be, and that's brothers. So here we have an account, as I've proven to you all before, no one called Daniel a simp. As a matter of fact, what did the elders, elders do? They called the youth to join them in verse 50 of the book of Shoshana. Them seeing that Elohim gave him the honor of an elder. No one called him effeminate. And you see right here, whew, no one dare after this young lady's cries. First, they talked about Paltith, the daughter of Lot, who was the cousin of Abraham. Okay, that had already been there. Now, remember what they did to her, how they burned her to death. And then they turned around and did this. This young lady's name isn't even mentioned. And it said, Yahweh was provoked at this and at all the works of the cities of Sedom. He heard her voice. You gonna call him effeminate? Are you going to call him a simp? I dare you, I dare you, I dare you, I dare you, I dare you to do it. Oh. Ain't that something? And it said, you know, I'm sitting here thinking about two verse 53 through 56. Daniel recognized at this time how this Yehudim had joined force with Canaanites to bear false witness against a daughter of Zion. I loved it when Daniel, you know, called him the seed of Canaan. Put him aside. And said unto him, O seed of Canaan, and not of Yehuda, beauty has deceived you, and lust has perverted your heart. Ain't that something? Told him right there to his face. And this dude was an ancient, an elder, a judge who had just been appointed. Wow. Verse 63 was saying that there was no dishonor that was found in her. Ain't that something? No dishonor was found in her. But you know what? I have to consider the fact. Let, let's take a look at this. Did anybody even called Yahawashai? Did anybody call him a simp? Did anybody call him effeminate? Because we have an instance, do you remember, where he took out for another young lady. Yes, remember remember this? Where he had to deal with the young lady that they caught in the mist. 
of adultery. And remember those men that said, like they didn't catch the guy, but they caught her. Remember that? Isn't that something? They didn't call him a simp. Why? He defended that daughter of Israel, just as the Most High Yahweh had done. Isn't that something? Why isn't it just as easy now to do that? Okay. Why isn't it just as easy now to defend your sisters who are amongst you? I just get amazed. Why aren't we defending those sisters like we once used to? Like David, I'm sorry, like like Daniel had, like the Most High Yahweh had. Nobody called our Hamashiach a simp at all, especially when it had to do with John 8 and 9. And that's where he asked the young woman who accused her because they couldn't stand there any longer when he said he who has not sinned cast the first stone they couldn't do it why is that happening now why is it not easy to defend the daughters of yasharal now how many cases will challenge this word for the sake of just saying the modern daughters of zion are not the same but but it is the same you want to say that they have a used JJ, but let's also consider this fact. There is more of an examination of a woman's worth than not being a virgin. The, the idea to me that and the facts that she comes with an ability to reason and multiply as Ruth had done Boaz. Anybody remember that story? She had the ability to increase his ministry as the woman, you know, the same thing with the woman that was caught in the midst of adultery. The same thing with the woman with the issue of blood. The same thing with the woman at the well. Nobody called Yahawashai a simp or effeminate. And he defended and healed those daughters. That's what we should be doing. That's what we should be doing. Remember when I said there may or may not necessarily be a full-fledged um, uh, solution, but we have to learn how to think and rethink and get back to the place. Let's heal one another. And I, I want to even say, I dare you, anybody even call King David a simp? When he showed grace in marrying Nabal's widow, Abigail, as a protection for her, not only interceding on the behalf of her foolish husband, but because of her kindness and her wisdom and making sure David did not get there to destroy him and taking care of David and his troops, using her wisdom to remind him of the king that he was. and. She had, by your accounts, a used vajayjay, okay? 
She saved not only Nabal's household that day from destruction, but her servants and her wisdom and King David from scarring his own name in anger. He paid far more than the bride price of a dowry that I hear a lot of people don't want to pay because it was used. You know, he married her. Okay, for that kindness, that intelligence made her royalty. Okay. I pray for a return of a day like that again, where true brothers and even sisters, but mainly true brothers can consider the true beauty and the true worth of each woman. You don't get to judge whether she's righteous or not, because the people who could have done that, Yahweh, Yahweh Shai, they didn't do that. They stood in the place. Hallelujah for that. I have to say that although their appointed positions and their age as agents gave them an advantage in this place, their con when it came to pronouncing the judgment upon the life of an innocent woman. They still never got her. They earned death for this false witness. It had been pronounced on them by that said youth, Daniel. And not only did the Yehuda die, but the Canaanite by the laws of the Torah, our ruling laws. Okay? He was judged by the laws of the Torah. Okay? They used our laws to judge this Canaanite. That lets you know there are no other laws above the laws of the Most High here in the Torah. Nothing else. That was the curse built in. The creed was the faith of Shoshana that the Most High would save her. He heard her. He heard her and nobody called him a simp. Nobody called him an effeminate male for defending his daughter. It never fails, y'all. When someone can't accuse you of something, they make up things to accuse you. Okay, why are we always trying to belittle somebody else's reputation or tear it down when they're not available? That is an act of treason. And then for that Yehudai to do that with that Canaanite is just despicable. 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 Like you went against your sister for somebody who was not even you. Amazing. Amazing. And if he was you, you still had no business to do it. Because I'm sitting here looking at the disgust and the writing of how Danielle said that. In wonderment. We have no business doing that, y'all. Band together. Okay. 
Why must we oppress someone to stand taller? I never understood that. It's in one thing if someone comes along to correct you in the error of your ways so that you get it right. It's another thing when you have to oppress, speak down on the person, make their reputation trash so that you look like you are more knowledgeable. You look like you are better and that's not the case. You're not better off. You're not more knowledgeable. You're making more of a problem for yourself. Why must we covet what belongs to our neighbor to achieve? These two men had just been appointed as judges and seen as ancients and elders. Why did they have to covet the body of this woman who did not belong to her, to them? She belonged to the man whose house y'all were hanging out at. And it says in the scriptures that anybody who had a suit in law was always around his house. So he's hanging with the big wigs. Are you going to do this to his woman? <laughs> Bet you learned something that day. Especially love the part where David says, David, I keep saying David, but Daniel tells them, how the the angel was standing by to cut one of them in half because you lied against your own head. So now the angel of Elohim has received the sentence to cut you in two. Oh, I bet he was shaking then the same way that Shoshana felt when you sat there and had her taken out of her clothes, had her uncovered, uncovered her head. You uncovered her. Because even in your filth, you were still lusting after her. Even though she came out there with her children and her parents. To do this wicked thing, but you had to see her beauty. Ain't that something? We don't have to covet things that belong to our neighbors to achieve. When is there ever a win-win situation in something like this? And I can attest to you that there's not. That con that they pulled trying to set her up to make her sleep with them because they thought she was so beautiful. It did not work. She still had no fault in her even when she was sentenced to death. The curse. One was going to be cut too cut in two and I also like the fact that well both of them were because he says that too to the Canaanite O seed of Canaan well you have also lied against your own head for the angel of Elohim waits for the with the sword to cut you in two that he may destroy you ain't that something they maliciously and it says here in verse 62 this is by our laws and according to the Torah of Moshe, they did unto them in such sort as they maliciously intended to do to their neighbor, and they put them to 
put them to rest, laid them to rest. Thus, the innocent blood was saved the same day. Ain't that something, y'all? Whether Yehudai or not, the Most High will deal with the man who offends his daughter. Woe by the man whom offenses come. Telling y'all, we better be mindful. I was hoping to get to Daniel, but I'm going to make that a part three because it is something to behold, something to look at, something to consider. It's never, ever good when we're sitting up here trying to set up our neighbor. Never. But I had to go back and address this situation, especially given the information that I had provided you all with uh, the entertainment and educational reference concerning subjects of desire as to where the tropes for the mammies, the Jezebels, and the sapphires came from and why they came about. That means nobody in our world and our truth and our beliefs should ever be referring to the daughters of Zion out of their name, calling us Jumbo Jezebels, calling us hair-hatted hooligans. None of this stuff should be happening. There should be love for your sister because I tell you what, your sisters are always there to support you, but it was just something. And I want to make sure that we reconsider what we are seeing here we must reconsider we must rethink what we are doing and what we are saying to one another is there necessarily again as i would have stated before a solution all we can do is start from the bottom and now we hear we're having to raise up again. We have to dispense this whole woman's fear, manosphere stuff from out of our truth and begin to get back to what we know is family again and loving one another. We're going to have to let the conversations go that once were and actually come up with the best resolution once we can start loving one another again trusting one another again and reattaching and combining and bringing ourselves together it may not work for all but it will work for some which is better than nothing okay let's wrap this up now shall we I'm going to say this to the whole family. When we cry out, he hears us. We can even say that we remember the story of Stephen, where he says to forgive them for they know not what they do. And I believe it was the Hamashiach that stood up on the right-hand side of the Most High, seeing this thing. How they talked about how his face looked like an angel. So this works so many ways. Stop falsely accusing the sisters. 
stop talking about your sisters as if they are no one, creating wars against them, seven to 12 year wars. And my thoughts are if you, if you don't know affirmatively how many years a war is supposed to be against somebody, you know, unless you are like the United States and you decide to have a 20 to 25 year war going on in another country. I mean, come on. The most high is specific. None of this stuff is mentioned in the scriptures. <laughs> it's just so foolish to me. You have to be mindful with what you're doing. And in addition to this, let's be mindful with how we are addressing our sisters. It's better if you become more respectful. This thing can start with you. If you want a solution, it's not a 7 to 12-year war. And a 7 to 12-year war, I'm just like, this sounds so silly. Somebody was unable to get anything under control in this situation. However, what I will say is, but when we begin to respect and love one another, even in a small remnant, there's a possibility to spark some kind of change. We can no longer sit here and listen to things where we are to uh, get rid of male children and et cetera, et cetera. We want to be respected. And once you respect us, you will also be respected because we're going to respect you first and foremost because we respect ourselves first and foremost. Father, we bless you. This is so much of a conversation that needs to be had. But following the conversation, unlike the foolishness that we see in a lot of the governments that's going on, your people are going to exercise their authority and bring things into fruition, even if it is only amongst a small remnant we bless you. We love you. We thank you that you have not forgotten about us and that you have given us justice. You have given us peace, life, good health, good wealth, and that we are watching the transference of things from this worldly system back into the hands of your people, your people that you have selected because you have a chosen people. Thank you so much, Father. All praise to the Most High, Yahweh Shai. And I bless the family. Hallelujah, hallelujah. More is coming. All right, y'all. Take care, stay safe, and I love you. 